Lord, there is nothing like you. <clears throat> you know, when we were starting these hymns, Randy looked at me and says, hey, are you, you're speaking this Sunday, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, do we need to change the songs or anything to um, be in theme, so to speak? And I said, not one. Not one. Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. We're going to talk about that today. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child forever I am. Now, I think, Randy, the Lord placed us with the right hymns to, see, to share this morning. Let us start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're very grateful this morning on why we gather to talk about you. And Lord, I pray it's your words that speak through my, through my mouth and through my heart. Lord, may it go out and may people be touched. And may people be drawn to you. May our relationship with you grow. And if we don't have a relationship with you, may today be that day that they make that life-changing, eternal life-changing decision to say yes to you, Lord Jesus. Yes, I will follow you. Lord, now I ask your blessing upon the words that are spoken here today. May you just bless it to our hearts. In your name, amen. So i got a question to ask. Who here won the Powerball? Nobody, huh? Well, shucks. You know, it's amazing. The frenzy, the frenzy that is taking place for one in 175 million, 175 million to one, the odds of winning. You know, then we can get into something. Well, what happens if you really won? What would you do with it? That's a whole different can of worms you open up there. But the world offers certain things. They offer a lot. And what I'm talking about the world, I'm talking about the world system. I'm not necessarily talking about the ground that we're standing on, but the system of the world. How people interact with one another away from God. You know, their own thinking, their own philosophies. You know, they're dreaming up all this. Altering the word of God, changing the word of God. But when we talk about the world, we're talking about the system. And it offers so much. You think about when you're watching television, you're in a nice, quiet movie, then all of a sudden the the commercial comes on and pow, the volume goes up. You know, they were trying to legalize, uh, make that illegal. And it failed. Just this year. They were going to make that illegal. That when you were watching television and the commercials came on, the volume came up. They want to get your attention. This world is constantly bombarding us and telling us what we need to be happy. What we need to be successful. We are bombarded with it. Television, Internet, billboards. Billboards, interesting. I'm a building inspector and I had to do an inspection on a sign. For a business, it was a simple sign. 
There was no electrical. It wasn't 20 feet in the air. It was on a wall. It was about four by six. It just said the company name and the address. And the guy asked me an interesting question. Why do I need a permit for this sign? Well, if the city didn't monitor the signs and have a say in and, and control the signs that would go into our towns, we would be covered with signs. We would have billboards everywhere. We'd have inappropriate billboards. We'd have inappropriate uh, signs. And they would be everywhere. Buy this. This is on sale. you got to have this. We are bombarded by other people telling us what we need to do to be happy and to have fulfillment in this life, in this brief life. Brief. And we're going to talk about a topic that people avoid. What happens when we leave this world? What happens? So I tell you, folks don't want to talk about it. They don't. They want longer life. Well, eventually it's going to come. That 175 million to one long shot to win the, the, the Powerball. Well, when our, our days are, are numbered here, and that's a one to one. That's a definite 100% guarantee it's going to happen. This is the way life is. Is it pleasant? A lot of times it's not. It's not. It can be painful, it can be tragic, and but it's reality. And avoiding it and not talking about it and not addressing it doesn't make it go away, does it? It just doesn't. It's inevitable. Our time here on this earth will end. You know, one of the offers that came into our house was this letter I received. This was probably about five or six years ago. And it was a, it's a scam. And what it is, is this letter came. You have been selected to be awarded $2.6 million of excess lottery winnings in Canada. And this document looked legit. It had a nice picture of an older gentleman with a nice tie, and he looked all serious with a nice little smile. And I'm thinking, just for a moment, I did just for a moment. Wow, this is great. This is fantastic. Hey, Kathy, look what we got. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. Well, you know, there's a catch. And there's a catch. All we have to do, all we have to do to get this $2.6 million, and this is easy math, is send in $9,000 for fees, for taxes. So I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty good investment, 9000 to get two point six back. But after a while, it's just like, yeah, you're crazy. It was, what was it called? The Nigerian scam, the lottery scam. But now I looked it up on the Internet. They're calling it the Jamaican scam, the lottery scam. But people are actually calling people. And they're kind of preying on the elderly. 
And but they're calling and talking to him. They interviewed this one lady who sent in the nine thousand dollars. She sent it in. And people are. They're sending it in. But look at the, the world offers. You say, OK, I'll take you up on it. And you get nothing in return. You get just taken. We need to be careful in this world. Evil is present. I spoke about that last time. Evil is present. So they asked this lady, why did you do that? Well, my uh, family is on hard times and I wanted to help them. She was sincere. Her son was having surgery. She had a problem with her grandchild. They were falling on hard times. And she thought, well, this is the answer. But people take advantage of other people. They literally, and she said the lady was so nice. Was so nice. You know, in my profession as a building inspector, I always get the smile. Mr. Inspector, nice to see you. How you doing? You remember me? Not really. You know, and they're just nice, good to see me. And they're ready to lie through their teeth. It's interesting. I love my job. It's interesting every day. But you got to be careful. What this world offers may not pan out to what it offers. What I'm going to talk about today is God's supreme offer. This offer is 100% guaranteed. There was an old chef, a Cajun chef. He said, guarantee. This is guaranteed. 100%. God's supreme offer. The offer of salvation. Being saved. You know, before I was a Christian, I heard those terms and I'm thinking... What? Save? Save from what? I'm fine. Salvation? That's a church word. Save from what? Well, when the world thinks of save, they think of, of being rescued. You know, Mike is a firefighter. Brad's a police officer. And they, they, their job is to rescue people. To take care of us. Doctors. They save us when we go into surgery. They take care of us. They physically save us. But these are spiritual terms we're talking about. Spiritual saved and spiritual salvation. Because our time here on this earth is is limited. And we need to be prepared spiritually by receiving what God only can offer. You know, we're going to open to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You know, Peter is an amazing man. I love Peter. And he writes a letter, the first letter of Peter. And you think about a letter. You know, who here writes letters anymore? You write letters? Now, my mom wrote letters. Remember, Mike? She would sit on the couch. She had beautiful hand penmanship. She just had beautiful cursive writing. And she would sit there and write letters and communicate to her family. And the letter would go in the envelope and you'd send it away. We have email now. We have text. We could set a quick note. Click, click, click. Gone. But Paul here is writing a letter. And when you write a letter, you're sharing your life. You're sharing his experience. And Paul is sharing from his heart 
when he pens these words. In verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. Born again. You know, that's a term that I often hear mocked in this world. Born again. The comedians mock it. TV and radio personalities mock it. But you know, God won't be mocked. God won't be mocked. There will be a time. There will be a time when they will say, oops. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Because here on this life, we have an opportunity to change our mind regarding God. Meaning, come to Him. Because when our time is over here on this earth, you can't change your mind. The decision has to be made on your days here. And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I worked with a guy when I was with UPS. He was a cyclist. He would jump on his bike and just go for a 100-mile ride for the fun of it. You know, right up to Sonoran back. And whoopee, that was fun. Well, good for him. Well, he took a nap one Saturday and didn't wake up. Took a nap and just didn't wake up. We don't know. We don't know. Who caused us to be born again to a living hope. 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 We need hope. True hope. Not a hope in Powerball. Not a hope in these scams of other people. We need hope. And what is hope? What are we trusting in? Who are we trusting in? We're trusting in the supreme offer that God offers us. We're trusting in God. Our hope should be in God and God alone. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What an amazing thought. Resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That shows power. That shows who Jesus is. He rose from the dead. That's amazing. Who here knows anybody else who rose from the dead? I mean, Jesus saved Lazarus, but actually rose from the dead. After crucifixion, that horrible, horrible death, he walked out of that tomb. Amazing. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. To obtain an inheritance. We have an inheritance that God gives. You know, there was a story about a a gentleman who passed away. His name was uh, John Jones. It's a story. John Jones, he died. And the lawyer was reading his last will and testament. His family, his greedy family is all waiting around. Who's going to get what? And John Jones says, I, John Jones, being of sound mind and body, leave absolutely nothing. I spend it all. (laughs) They're counting on an inheritance, and it's not there. They're probably 
hi, Mr. Jones. Hi, Dad. Hey, whatever, Uncle or Grandpa or whatever. Hi, can I get this for you? They were probably their whole life expecting a great inheritance. And there's nothing left. But this inheritance from God is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved for us in heaven. Verse 5, who are protected by the power of God. Power of God. What an amazing thing. We could spend a whole lifetime just marveling at the power of God. Through faith. Here's where our part comes in. And we were talking about Second Chronicles chapter 7, 14 this morning in the, in the memory class. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. If and then. A relationship with God requires an if and a then. We have a part in the if. Because the then is waiting for us. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. What hope? What hope we have on what's waiting for us when we leave our days here on this earth? It's going to blow our minds. We can imagine and we could dream and we can think of the most awesomest things and it's going to surpass that on what's waiting for us in heaven. It's going to be wonderful. And in verse 6 it says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. It's telling us life like it is. Life can be challenging. We face it every day. But the thing is, is with God, we're not alone. We don't have to throw up our hands and just cave in. God will bring us through it. God is there with us. God will take us by the hand and carry us. See, having a relationship with God, we can start drawing on that inheritance today. By becoming a child of God. We can draw on His power. We can draw on His wisdom. We can draw on His comfort. We can draw on everything that He offers. And we can start drawing on that today. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold. Wow. What's more precious on this world than gold? You know, it's what supports our economic system. It's what gives these paper bills credit. It's what gives them value is gold. People risk their lives for little flakes of gold. They will risk their lives for a few flakes of gold. But our our faith is more precious than gold, which is perishable. Even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now you can talk to somebody who's, who's, who's accepted the Lord and has been walking with the Lord, and they'll be happy to tell you, I'm thankful. I'm grateful that I made that decision of God coming into my life. And changing my desires, changing my life, giving me hope, giving me peace, giving me strength. 
giving me anticipation of what's waiting for us in heaven. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. We don't see him with these. We see him with this, with our heart. That's what we see him with. How is he affecting our lives? How is he speaking to us? We can see his amazing hand work in this world. You know, it always blows my mind about how everything works together on this planet that God has given to us. Is the what we breathe out? What we breathe out is carbon dioxide. Well, the trees love that. They love it. And then they make oxygen. That blows my mind. It's recycled. It keeps us alive. And plus we get these beautiful trees that we make buildings out of. Furniture. I'm standing on what trees were. Wood. It's amazing. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. See, when, when you accept the Lord, you see things through God's perspective. You see things through his, things through his eyes and what he wants us to see. You know, I spoke to the men about my glasses. You know, I take these off. You're all a bunch of blur. You know, you could be waving at me, falling asleep. I don't know. You know, I couldn't tell. But when you put these on, ah, there you are. There you are. That's what I remember. I need these to see. We need God to see life through His eyes. We need God. We don't need 300, 600, 800 billion gazillion dollars. We don't need that. Think how crazy we'd go if we had it. Think how crazy would people would be if they knew we had it. Think about that. Would people be the same? Would they treat you the same? Mr. Inspector, good to see you today. You'd get that. They don't care about me. They just want me to sign their permit card and go. They don't care about me. Verse 9 says, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The salvation of our souls. The saving of our souls. So we've got a couple minutes here. What is saved? What are we saved from? We're saved from God's wrath. We're saved from the judgment of our sin. Plain and simple. Romans 5.9 says, much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. We are saved because of Jesus Christ. Because of what He did. Well, i got something to say. 
For God has not, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, For God has not destined us for wrath, but for obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. It all flows through Jesus Christ. People don't even want to speak his name. You talk about stopping a conversation. You talk about Jesus Christ. Wow. You'll get a, you'll get a reaction. Some kind of reaction, but you will get it. But if you talk about God, well, it's a little general, a little generic, you know, God. But if you talk about Jesus Christ, eyebrows will raise. Some people will welcome it and some people won't. And it's sad. Our sin has separated us from God. Our sin has consequences. Our sin has consequences and it's death. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Who here likes to get gifts? I do. I mean, be honest. I mean, I love giving gifts, but I sure like getting them too. You know, it's nice, especially those that are handmade. Especially those that are handmade by little girls that are like five years old, you know, who spent their time and they made it just for Papa. I have a coffee mug made by Kayla's hands. It's my favorite. I don't drink coffee out of anything else but that. It was a free gift made by hand. And I was thinking about this. God's gift was made by hand as well. It was made by the hands of Jesus Christ. It was made by the hand that was nailed to the cross. Who does the saving? Only God can. 2 Timothy 1.9 God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but I do pretty good, don't I? I haven't committed murder. You know, I'm a decent person. Doesn't my actions account for something? No. No. Not when this is involved. Not when you're talking about spiritual salvation. What we bring to the table is nothing. But according to His own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and the grace which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. This is not a plan that has been just in our lifetime. This is an all eternity plan. This is a God plan. When I show up on a job site, that's the first thing I ask for, your permit and your plans. Because if I don't know what you're doing, you might as well be building a swimming pool if you're trying to build a house. I need to have the plan. God has a plan. He has a plan for each one of us. And he has a master plan for all of us. Titus 3.5. He saved us, not on the basis of our deeds. Thank God. Seriously. He saved us, not on the basis of our deeds, which we have done in righteousness. Because it's, it's still nothing. We still don't bring anything to the table here. But according to his mercy, it's all about him and what he did. By the washing and regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit. 
How does he save? The Bible tells us that God sent his son to do this. He's the reason. He's the one. John 3.17, the one after 3.16, the verse after 3.16, which I saw years ago of a gentleman with a, 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 a colored Afro wig at a football game in an end zone. John 3.16, but it worked. It caused me to look into my mom's Bible. What does that say? That was the beginning of my story with the Lord. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Saved. Saved. Just like a fireman rescuing someone out of a burning building. Saved. Spiritually saved. It was Jesus' death on the cross and the resurrection that caused our salvation. Romans 5.10, For while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled. Reconciled changed. Our relationship changed with God. Through the death of His Son, that death was accepted by the Father. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. Excuse me, 5, verse 4, 5 and 8. But God being rich in mercy, rich. We don't have to be 175 million to one to be rich, to win that Powerball. We have riches beyond that. God offers riches beyond what we put in our pocket. Because of His great love which He loves us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions. Even when we were just dead in our sins. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is the then. Because of our faith we can be saved. We have to believe. Not of not that of yourselves, it is a gift from God. Remember, the handmade gift. It's only available through Christ. Only available through Jesus Christ is eternal life. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must, we must be saved. There's no wavering on that word must. There's no gray area in must. It's black and white. How does someone receive this great gift of salvation? How? What do I need to do? You know, I'm talking to folks here who have accepted the Lord. And are walking with Him. And there may be some here who have said no throughout the years. Just no. I don't need it. Like before I came to the Lord. Say, I don't need it. I'm okay. Salvation? Oh, that's a church word. I don't need it. Well, 
We do. We do. How does someone receive this great gift of salvation? First, you have to believe and have faith. First, we must hear the gospel. And we're doing that right now. We're hearing it. It's got to come in through our ears. We have to hear the message. We have to hear it. Ephesians 1.13, In Him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Once we make that decision about accepting the Lord into our life, we're sealed. It's done. It can't be undone. But it has to be true. It has to be genuine. Our life needs to be changed. Second, we must believe and fully trust in the Lord. Romans 1.16 For now I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And thirdly, we need to repent from sin. We need to stop. Sin becomes ugly to us. Sin becomes dirty. We don't want any part of it. And we may make a mistake. And we may sin. But we feel convicted about it. We feel troubled by it. But the great thing about God, even though we may sin, He still forgives us. We can go to Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What am I thinking? What am I doing? I'm sorry. But the Lord knows in our heart. Are we? Or are we just saying it? Lord knows what's in our heart. Are we sorry? Are we convicted? But it's just like when you make a mistake. Make a mistake, move on. You make the same mistake again and again and again, that it's a problem. If we sin, Lord, I'm sorry. But if we do it again and again, and again, we need to check ourselves. Are we just making a deal with God so he'd get us out of this situation? God doesn't make deals. He does not make deals. Lord, if you help me with this, I will do this. I will come to you. If you do this, I will give my life to you. can't make deals with God. Acts 3.19, therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Living clean before the Lord. I had an interview for a position and they asked, what motivates you to do your job? Because I'm not really, my job doesn't require me to be supervised, so to speak. I'm my own supervisor. But the thing is, is what hangs over me is I could be brought to court. And I could be used to testify. So what keeps me doing my job as best as I can is that I can go to court and be clean about it. I did the right thing. I said the right thing. I made the right call according to the plan, according to the code. I got nothing to worry about. It's when you try to cheat it. That's what you get frustrated and worried about. Make up your own code. Make up your own plans. But if you're clean, hey, what do I got to worry about? 
I'm clean. Living before God clean is a beautiful thing. It's wonderful. Being clean before the Lord. Lastly, we need to call upon the name of the Lord. We need to say, Lord, yes. I want you in my life. I understand what I've done. You know, a great thing about Christianity, there's a, there's a definition I'd like to read here really quick about salvation. It says, the deliverance, the deliverance by the grace of God from eternal punishment for sin, which was granted to those who accepted, accept by faith God's conditions of repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Salvation is available in Jesus alone and is dependent on God alone for provision, assurance, and security. Tom and uh, Ari shared in the memory class, John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I have the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one. You know, there's people in here who have said yes to the Lord, and there's people who have said no, and there's people who may still be making that decision. Maybe I haven't made it yet. Maybe I don't need the Lord. Well, for those who have accepted the Lord and walking with the Lord, this assures us that we did the right thing. And those who haven't, may God speak to you. Speak to you in your heart. And may you make a decision that will change your eternal life. You know, we, the worship team sings this song, Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, just die for me? Amazing. When we use the word amazing, we can't search for any other word. There's nothing other, nothing greater than amazing. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Amazing God, how can it be? The fruit of salvation is a true hope, true peace, real forgiveness, real forgiveness. Incomparable riches beyond gold, beyond Powerball, beyond the $2.6 million you got to send money in to get. And you have God's great redemption. How he paid the price for you and me. Time is up. May the Lord speak to our hearts. May the Lord continue to drive us when we go out into this world to be an example for him. To show people who Jesus is in our lives, in our conduct, in our, in our spoken word. You know, as we're in our households with our family. Like it or not, people watch us. We watch each other. May we be an example for people to follow and be drawn to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're very grateful that you've been here this morning. We're thankful for the worship that we have for you, Lord. You're so deserving of our worship. We thank you for your precious word. We thank you for this great gift of salvation. We thank you for saving us, saving us from an eternity in hell. 
Lord, we're thankful for these few moments that we can just take. And now we pray that as we go out into this world, that we don't forget. And we don't forget you. That we always take you wherever we go. May you be in our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits. And may we just be a good example for people to see who you really are. Lord, we thank you for this time. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.